Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. Hello and welcome to Real Living. This is Lavinia Spirito with Mary Lenemichek. This is our concluding show in our series on the fruit of the Spirit. Of course, uh, you know, we just departed from Pentecost season, from Pentecost Sunday, and we have re-entered ordinary time. But as we were saying during the last show, there should be nothing ordinary about ordinary time, you know, other than the, the ordinariness of operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the power of the Holy Spirit and the exercise of the gifts and the yielding of the fruit should be so ordinary for us that that should be the only ordinary season that we live in, right? And of course, we know, of course, that ordinary season doesn't mean ordinary, right? I mean, it just means that this is the season outside of the major feasts and solemnities of the church or the liturgical calendar. But some people would interpret it that way. So we we reviewed uh, the the nine fruit of the spirit, the ones that are designed to oppose the works of the flesh in Galatians 5. And I like when people talk about the gifts of the, of the fruit of the spirit, they very rarely speak about the chapter before or the passage before, which speaks about the works of the flesh or the fruit of the flesh. And so Paul gives you a pretty long list about what you should not be doing. And then he tells you what you should be bearing in terms of fruit. Right. So that would be one thing to keep in mind as we conclude our conversation on the fruit of the spirit. And the other one is that we know you and I know, Mary Lou, so many Catholics who are so disenfranchised in a certain way. So they're so detached from their heritage and patrimony as Christians. They don't really understand that when they were baptized and confirmed, they became priests, prophets and kings, Mm -hmm. that they were anointed alongside Jesus, and we were given the very power of the breath of God. How many people do you know, Mary Lou, who really have no idea how much power they actually have? Well, I can just look around, you know, in the pews in church on Sunday sometimes and and wonder that very thing, because it's there, it's available, they have it, and... um, if there's a, you know, a, a way to stimulate, to shake them up and make them aware of the power of the Holy Spirit and how it changes everything. Mm-hmm. It changes you and it changes that person or circumstances that you come in contact with. I mean, it's 
It's miraculous. The, the gifts and the fruits are what we should get up every day and ask for more and more for, and more. And more and be able to operate in the ones that we have instead of pretending like we don't have them. Yep. Instead of pretending like we're powerless right. and, uh, and looking right. to the clergy to do everything. Because as laity, we are we are baptized as priests, prophets, and kings. And so we should start acting like priests, prophets, and kings. Did you say you had some readings that you wanted to bring well, to on this Well, since we were covering this subject, I, of course, always go back to my books. And this was a, a book that Peter Herbeck with Renewal Ministries wrote some years ago. And it's called When the Spirit Comes in Power. And the point of the book is is precisely what you were saying. It's to make us aware and shake us up that the Holy Spirit is calling out to us, that this is an integral part of the church. And we, we forget, and I don't think we're reminded from the pulpit very often um, about the, the gifts of the Spirit. And the whole point is a freedom that he talks about where the Spirit is given to lead us from a condition of slavery to sin into the glorious liberty of the children of God. That's from Romans 8.21. And the point of this, he calls for, in the part of the book where the hour of the laity is what this text in the book is called, and it says that the Holy Spirit is calling for an audacious witness of faith. And he talks about um, how we are to be um, bold and marked by originality and verb. The Holy Spirit wants to give us new boldness, creativity, and courage to reclaim the great adventure of Christian discipleship. The lukewarm, timid, politicized, secularized version of Christiana, which has gripped the church in our time, has had its day. A new day has dawned, a day born of the spirit and power. Amen. Can you read that sentence again, that last sentence? Sure. The Holy Spirit wants to give us new boldness, creativity, and courage to reclaim the great adventure of Christian discipleship. The lukewarm, timid, politicized, secularized version of Christianity, which has gripped the church in our time, has had its day. A new day has dawned, a day born of the spirit and power. Amen. 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 That is so good. I'd forgotten how good that was. I, well, I know. This is why I, I was, I'm glad when these topics come up and I can go back and open up some books and be reminded mm-hmm. of these things that, that you know, I, I've underlined it. I've marked it now. I'm going to have to keep going back and rereading it over and over again to remind me. Because, you know, we we tend to be lukewarm. That's that's an easy place to stay. It's our right? default. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, by by reminding ourselves of some of these things that these holy people have written in so many different books, that it's it's a call to action. And I think it's I think it's worthwhile, especially in these times, for us to be reminded of that and for us to walk around like we are the victors and not the victims, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And I think that, um, you know, if, the, if a lot of people in the church would just keep reminding us that, you know, we're we've won through Jesus, won, won everything for us, overcame evil, opened up heaven. He's equipped us with everything we need by sending the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's up to us to use that power, mm-hmm. to claim it, to use it. To, and as you said, you know, there's a there's a lot of um, in order to use it, you have to take care to be in a state of grace. 
you know, to forgive, to, to go to reconciliation, to arm yourself with the sacraments, everything. We've got everything available to us, and we really need to wake up and use it because we're surrounded by crisis in the world that can only be overcome by the plan that Jesus has, not our plan. And I think our one of our tasks, I think, as Christians is to have mercy on those who haven't realized, in fact, what patrimony, what heritage, what legacy they were born into. You know, it's like the family on the in the, the cruise ship in the luxury liner who did not understand that their all expenses paid trip includes meals and, and stays in their cabins and eats crackers and saltines and sandwiches, you know, without realizing that they have access to the beautiful food um, everybody else does on that ship. Sometimes we're like, you know, those people who were kind of living in the basement of our expectations and we don't really expect to be given any authority or any power or, you know, spiritual power, obviously, spiritual authority, which is really the most important um, and we just act like, you know, unless father does it or the clergy does it or sister does it, somehow it doesn't count. <laughs> right. But it is the hour of the laity. That's what the Second Vatican Council said. Right. And there's so many there's so many things out there that you can read, that you can get online and you can learn and, you know, build yourself up. You know, don't be lukewarm and not and not investigate these things. Well, let me, while we're on the topic, the Second Vatican Council decree on the laity, decree on the laity, uh, Section Two, speaks very clearly about what we're supposed to do. Lay people were supposed to evangelize, sanctify, penetrate, and perfect the temporal order. What's the temporal order? It's a life we live in, right? It's uh, it's the temporal order. It's like our businesses and our families, and it's anything that that's not in the in the divine order, which is of course the church and the clergy and all that stuff, right? The temporal order is where most of life is lived, especially by us as lay people, and we are we're called to evangelize, sanctify, penetrate, and perfect. Don't you think that means that we're brought to we're called to bring to bear the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit? Well, First Corinthians two three through five, I think demonstrates that um it says and i was with you in weakness and much fear and trembling and my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom but in the demonstration of the spirit and power power that your faith might not rest on the wisdom of men but the power of god amen it's not up to us people just have to understand that's right you know put yourself in the right position you pray god will work Amen. But be available. Say, yes, Lord, I'm here. Yeah. And be willing to look silly, be willing to make mistakes. But in the end, the main point is step out. Step out and say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Yeah. Remembering that the power that we were promised is the same power that was promised to the disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus is telling them right before he ascends, on the hill of the ascension, right outside Jerusalem. He says, now, y'all, go back in the town. Uh, you you know, hang in there. Because why? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses until the ends of the earth. So do you think that Jesus was exaggerating? 
especially since the Greek word that he used was dunamis, which is the root of our word for dynamite. So basically, Jesus is saying, now wait for, wait for the dynamite to come from the sky <laughs> and, and to blow your socks off so that you too might be able to get over yourselves and go and minister to a fallen and hurting world. And that's what Peter and the guys do, right? As soon as they receive that dynamite power, what happens? They blow out the doors of the Oprah room. And what happens? They go and they preach the gospel in all these words, in all the different languages. And people say what? Those guys. Are they drunk? Are drunk. And in <laughs> fact, the first words of the first pope in the book of Acts are, hey, we are not drunk. Now, yeah. I, I I wonder what other founder of a religion or, or custodian of a religion or major figure in a religion any kind of world religion starts out their career as the as the vicar as saying something like we're not drunk. And if people thought they were drunk, there were probably some reason for that, because they were seeing people maybe fall over in the power of the spirit. Maybe they were seeing the word preached so incredibly that the people were preaching in languages that they did not know. And we know that's one of the gifts of the spirit. Padre Pio had it. I think St. Vincent Ferrer had it. Just the idea, or even saying, um, well, no, St. Catherine of Siena may have dictated in French, but she was illiterate, so she actually was able to read um, even though she had never learned. So that also is another form of, of an understanding given by the gifts of the Spirit. Padre Pio could dictate in French, and he never studied French. Right. That kind of thing. And, uh, and, and we have many other examples. The main idea is be open. What did Jesus say? You know, I think it was in the readings. Um, Last, yeah, uh, like on Pentecost, it was greater works than these. What are these? The works of Jesus. So greater works than the works of Jesus we will be doing. That just blows my, my socks off. I just can't. I, I, it's still hard to, to wrap I up. I just want to hold on to that. I know. Greater works than what I do, you will do. And we will do it because we are locked and loaded in the pyre of the Holy Spirit. Right? Mm-hmm. Ephesians 1.13 shows that the Holy Spirit we are given, like I was saying before, is just a small taste. In him also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, you were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance towards redemption. Is God's own people to the praise of his glory. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. So as we kind of wind up the show, uh, this concluding show in a series on the fruit of the spirit, we want to just exhort you all out there understand I, I and you know as you were talking about people operating in the power of the holy spirit and some people maybe not operating in the power of the holy spirit but usually it's because they don't understand or they haven't been taught or they didn't know i know that every other person i've ever taught or ever prayed with afterwards will say i never knew right who knew who knew why didn't they tell us this stuff exactly Exactly. So, you know, that's, it's kind of like it's a best kept secret. And I would, and unfortunately it's because a lot of the clergy, a lot of people who are charged with preaching to us also don't, don't understand. And they don't, they were taught it. Why? Because the church unfortunately has been in a holding pattern 
in terms of, I mean, they will dispense the sacraments, which are essential, of course, for our salvation, the ordinary channels of grace. But then they just stop there. They don't, they give you baptism, but they don't tell you what baptism is going to do other than, you know, cleanse you and, and save your soul. But they don't tell you that, hey, you're equipped. And this is what this means. And when they confirm those those kids in, in, in high school, you know, it's not really gotten through to them. The fact that, hey, now you are in the army. You know, all the popes talked about it, I'm sure. But the, the one that sticks with me is St. Uh, John Paul II. And he said, be open to Christ, welcome the Spirit so that a new Pentecost can take place in every community. A new humanity, a joyful one will arise from your midst. You will again experience the saving power of the Lord. And what was spoken to you by the Lord will be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. He kept saying, you know, during Vatican Council, open up the windows and let the Holy Spirit in. Mm-hmm. That's right. So how do we open up the windows? Thomas Aquinas says the the best way to bring to bear the power that we already have is to understand it and not to fear it. If there are obstacles, it's because it's ignorance and fear. Yeah. Right? To yep. operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Even the, this, the very word, the gifts of the Spirit, which are, you know, obviously are translating the chara, the Greek word charism, which means gift, uh, and from, from which we get the word charismatic, which seems to... To, to put fear in people, it's because it's the fear of misunderstanding. It's a fear of not understanding, or perhaps it's a fear of having seen some people misuse uh, the gifts of the Spirit in a charismatic expression, and so therefore they're going to reject the baby with the bathwater. But well, another one may be that they feel like they don't deserve them. Well, guess what? We don't deserve anything. But because God loves us and we love him, he's going to equip us with everything we need. So accept it. Be expecting it. But by the same token, who deserves the Eucharist? Right. You know, exactly. who deserves sacraments? We are, they're gifts. They're given to us and we use them. So most Catholics are used to understanding that they're not worthy of the Eucharist. Or maybe some of them do. I don't know. You know, the, the Pew um, study showed that, what, 70% of Catholics in America don't understand, uh, don't believe in the real presence. So, you know, perhaps that something can be revisited at some point. But the main point is, once we understand the power of God that is brought to bear within us through the sacraments and through uh, salvation and redemption, you know, it's like Father John Ricardo said, you know, and again, that's a book I would recommend. It's called Rescued, Rescued, Mm -hmm. Father John Ricardo. R-I-C-C-A-R-D-O. And he has that great way of summing up the charisma, which is the basic message of salvation, right? It's created, captured, um, rescued, rescued, and response, mm-hmm. right? So it's we're created for, God created us for himself for eternal bliss and glory. He created us for himself for our own good. We rejected him, so we got captured by sin and by death right? And by the powers of darkness. But then Jesus came to, quote, rescue us, to ransom, to redeem us, right? So then the ball's in our court, because after all that, how are we to respond? Mm-hmm. So once you have those four points clearly in mind, I think you can really share with people um, the good news. And the good news is that Jesus has overcome death and pain and bondage and suffering and that if we have some residuals in this life it's because it's for our own good occasionally you know it's to purify us so that we will be able to be with him forever so we'll be able to supersede our sinful nature 
You know, that's a hard message, right? Yes. And, and I think everyone should read that book because it really is very easy to read and it sticks with you. And it does explain word by word, just leading you to the point where you do want to respond because now you understand. Absolutely. So at the end of the show, we are recommending a couple of books, When the Spirit Comes in Power by Peter Herbeck, which you can find on Amazon. And also you can find from on Amazon, Father John Ricardo, Rescued. Those are two books, I think, that will kind of flesh out the ideas that we've presented to you in these four shows on the fruit of the Spirit. Um, we're going to conclude by reminding you that the fruit of the Spirit are the natural results of the proper exercise of the gifts of the Spirit. And the gifts of the Spirit are the ones that are given to us for the building up of the body. The other set of gifts that's given to us are the sanctifying gifts, which help us to grow in holiness. So that the sanctifying gifts are for our own personal use, but the building gifts or the edifying gifts or the charismatic gifts are given to us for the sake of others. And as we operate in synergy with those two parts of gifts, then we will yield the fruit of the Spirit. And what are the fruit of the Spirit, just to conclude and to kind of bring the whole thing home? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Thank you for joining us. 